Well, I'm delighted to say that uh, joining me on uh, this new series of the Godcast is Ian Byrne, MP. Ian is a, a member of the Labour Party, British MP. He's been in Parliament since 2019. Um, and uh, in 2015, Ian co-founded uh, Fan Sporting Food Banks, which is a, a subject close to my heart. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Ian, welcome to the Godcast. How are you doing? I'm okay, Alex. Uh, an absolute pleasure to be on here. Didn't uh, didn't expect an invitation from such an uh, esteemed uh, podcast like yourself, but uh, yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Oh, brilliant, Ian. You've um, as we record this, we've obviously uh, we've got the, the the recent news of the the death of Her Majesty the Queen, and you've been down there in Westminster. What's that been like for you as an experience, just on a human level? Yeah, it was it was, it was quite somber yesterday, but I think it was a part of history. Uh, being part of that and seeing uh, what happened yesterday in Westminster at all, uh, seeing how it all works. So it was uh, it was quite a moment in time, really, to uh, to actually to be a part of that, and I suppose quite lucky to be there yesterday and, and see it all see it all play out. Yeah, I guess something the the public doesn't see too much in is the kind of the, the human side of politicians, and you know I've I've seen politicians of both parties and different political ideologies get together at this time. Have you noticed that yourself? Can you just share a bit of the humanity that we perhaps don't see on the telly? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's you know, something like this, which is, it goes to the uh, to the heart of the nation, pulls people together. Uh, and I think, you know, this is a moment in time now where, you know, on Monday is going to be a usually significant moment for the country. And I think uh, everybody's being extremely respectful in, in, in being what they need to be, which is, which is respectful because at the moment we've got, you know, a very divisive, divided nation at the moment. And we'll probably talk about where we are as a country with the inequality and the injustice that we're seeing right across every community. So I think this is, you know, this is a big moment for the country. And then obviously once the burial of the Queen on Monday, and then I'm sure it'll, these big questions will be starting again where people need to be uh, to be asked questions and find solutions really quickly. Yeah, and and Liverpool being a home which um, has got huge connections to to in in recent years of of the, the Christian faith, but now a, a widely diverse and uh, multicultural city. What uh, what's your anticipation of what will happen uh, back home in the next few days and weeks, Ian? With regards. Um, so I guess there's civic. There's quite a lot of civic things that you need to see to and attend to. Is there? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a memorial mass tonight, and there's there's other things going on. Yeah, but you know, I think like everywhere else, you know, I think people are extremely respectful of the Queen, and then I think there's questions which people will be legitimately asking about. You know, the direction of the country moving forward, and I think they they're really important questions which need to be raised and we need to be tackling them in a in a, in a sensible manner uh, and making sure that everybody's opinions taken taken on board and you know, we shape what's going to be an extremely difficult period for this country moving forward. You know, it was already extremely difficult. Uh, and then obviously with the loss of the Queen, it just makes it, uh, it just adds another element to it. Yeah. And talk of um, difficult times, Ian, it, I I guess it's been a really difficult time for you as a member of parliament with recent events in in Liverpool and what's happened there with the, the tragic death of um, Olivia and other people. How, how do you cope with that on a personal level, first of all? 
yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's a good question. It's been it's been extremely difficult for the community, you know. When as the representative as an MP or somebody from the area, it's it's been difficult seeing obviously what happened to Olivier and the family, and it's 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 virtually impossible to comprehend. Uh, what actually happened that night and as you said you know there was other instances right across the city as well where innocent people were taken so it's been a really difficult moment uh, for for Liverpool but the communities have come together they've done what the police asked them to do there's information coming in all 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 the time and uh, and I think there's there's a real steeliness now to ensure that the people responsible for these actions where an innocent young girl was taken away and ripped out of the, her family's arms uh, to, to justice. And I think that's the overwhelming priority for the city at the moment and the people within the city is to ensure that the families get justice. Yeah, no no charges yet, Ian, but are, are you optimistic that that's going to happen? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm 100% certain. I think the police are doing a fantastic job. The communities have done a fantastic job of making sure these people are brought to justice. And I'm so, you know, people like that shouldn't be uh, walking the streets. What they did, as I said, was was something which, incest in your take on it, was a job that you do. But I think people are struggling to comprehend uh, how you come to terms with some something so brutal uh, against somebody so innocent. Yeah. And I, and I couldn't help but notice, Ian, that, 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 that Olivia's death coincided with the anniversary of the death of Rhys Jones, which kind of just on a, on a on, you know, when you think about it, I think that, that's quite a long time ago, but, uh, but it gives you some idea of how long the issues and concerns have been there in, in Liverpool. Um, do, you, do you feel like the city's making progress or, or, or is, it a, is it a real long slog, this one? Yeah, I mean, it was to, to happen on the anniversary of East Jones and obviously what that did to the to the city and the country indeed. And yeah, it was that that was that was certainly a difficult one to take as well. And you know, the communities rally round 15 years ago like they rallied round today. But I think it's really important, Alex, that we appreciate that this isn't a Liverpool specific thing. You know, nationally there's a there's a rise in gun crime, there's nationally there's a rise in knife crime. Nationally, we need to be asking the questions why uh, across all communities, youngsters of, often end up in uh, criminality and gangs and see that as the only option. And I think me as a, as a member of parliament and having the opportunity to actually raise these questions and ask again what I touched on before, the serious questions that need to be asked about the direction of travel of this country mm -hmm. and what we're actually doing to ensure that everybody's got the, the opportunities to to make sure that their future uh, can actually be lived out and they don't feel as though they're, they're living in a, a, an air of hopelessness and where we are now politically and economically, that's that's a difficult place because there's lots of people who feel that way. So again, you know, it's serious questions got to be asked, not just the politicians, mm -hmm. but yourselves, you know, the church, you know, society in general, what do we want to prioritise? What do we want to prioritise in, in, within our communities and what do we need and what do we need to ensure that obviously the rise in gun and knife crime uh, can be halted, but how do we do that in a manner which ensures that you know people have got the opportunity to live out their best future? I'm really passionate about that, Alex. Yeah. I I, uh, I think about this all the time, and if I'm being honest, it, uh, in the context of food banks, of poverty, of cost of living, of everything. Um, and I... I ask myself why do do you, do you wrestle with 
kind of the root cause of it all, Ian? And have you got any kind of theories about, you know, what is the, the fundamental issue behind um, acts of, of gang violence and criminality on, on such a horrific level? Uh, it, it's certainly far above my pay grade, the social and economic uh, analysis, but speaking to many people since what happened to Olivier, and you look at, there's many, many reasons, and there won't be one uh, size fits all, really, but if we look at what austerities actually done since 2010, which has absolutely decimated the ability of local councils to put services on. I mean, Liverpool's lost 68% of its funding. Uh, I think we've lost over, I think nationally, 80% uh, reduction in youth workers. You know, these sorts of avenues where I, as you know, myself as a child, you know, when we were growing up, we were kept on the state and that a lot of the times by, you know, people in youth centres, youth workers, people that had lived there, knew knew the area, knew what, what was actually happening, what barriers were getting put in front of you, what, what could actually happen uh, if you took the wrong turn in life. And it's just not that there now. There's, we don't see enough of that <clears throat> early intervention. And I think that's really, really important that with the... With the era of austerity and obviously that uh, political choice that was made, I think the ramifications of that are clear to see. You touch on food poverty. Well, if you look how many food banks there was in 2010 compared to 2022, you know, there's direct colouration between taking money away from councils and communities and then and obviously the welfare state, and then seeing exactly where we are now as a nation, uh, which is terrifying. You know, we'll probably touch on the campaign for the right to food and fan support and food banks. But, but for me, this is, is an investment. We need to think about as a country, what do we want to spend our money on? And we need to invest in communities, need to invest in our youth. We need to ensure that everybody's got the best opportunity to, to drive forward and have a good, uh, productive life. And unfortunately, I think just so many... Uh, times where we see this is this is not happening and, and communities and people are getting failed and that's that that really saddens me it does it keeps me awake at night mm. because as somebody that was brought up in the 1980s in liverpool uh, and seen what a depression did and seeing the effects that had on you know i was around with the expl explosion of heroin you know which absolutely eviscerated my community, but also right across the country because there was hopelessness and where that hopelessness uh, was was about, people turned to other alternatives. I, I lost many friends uh, to heroin, young uh, children, uh, children, basically, that would have had really good lives. And that really does keep me awake at night, to be honest, that we can never, ever go back in that position. And, and you know, I really fear at the moment where we are economically and socially. Uh, our values uh, we need to we need to absolutely be set yeah i think i think what you said some is really uh, interesting in because you, you said that you know going back to the 80s and, and i thought i thought exactly the same i, I grew i've grown up in burnley and, and I, I can't ever really remember a time where poverty hasn't existed on some level and uh, but i've never seen it as bad as it has why why do you think that when it comes to it austerity and and financial planning in county councils and, and government that we haven't uh, woke up and smelt the coffee yet. You know, that these, these issues that have kind of, the, the, the issues that began with heroin in the eighties, why have we never just addressed that? Um, just to quickly finish the point, you know, recently, you know, I spoke to um, a police officer, paramedic, GP and priests 
And many of these people feel that they are like the, the new social workers of society. Yeah. But where to me that doesn't seem right. That's not what that's not really what their role is. Would you would you agree with any of that or no, no, absolutely. You know, I was before I become an MP, I've done many, many jobs, but one was the trade union organizer. And I remember speaking to paramedics who used to we used to go and speak to them uh, on a regular basis and their jobs and, and certainly from a police perspective as well, they, they become uh, far more than what the job description is because obviously the lack of services and the lack of where we are uh, as a society with, with basically lots of help just stripped away uh, in the in the in the in the drive for austerity measures uh, which which was again was a political choice and you know for me you know fundamentally where we are now as a community is completely unbalanced. You know, there's injustice everywhere, there's inequality everywhere. Yeah, I, you know, I grew up on a council estate in West Derby. Now, we have poverty, but I think what happened in the 80s with the industrialisation, then obviously the destruction of the trade union movement to a degree, uh, that's coming back now. But the, the influence on wages, conditions, I think what's a really, really important point to make, Alex, is we run uh, food pantries and we'll touch on that across Liverpool. 60% of the people who are actually utilising these pantries at the moment are in work. And that old adage, which you'd often hear, uh, I don't want to get too sectarian here, but you'd often hear, hear conservative MPs say, work, you know, work's the root out of uh, poverty. Well, it isn't at the moment. It just isn't because lots of these jobs, lots of the terms and conditions that people are getting offered aren't given the ability for somebody to put a roof above the head and a meal on the table. And mm. that's a fundamental imbalance uh, where we are in, in, in society. And you listen to some of the uh, comments that are being made by the trade union leaders at the moment, and they're representing their members. And I know within our pantry, we had a nurse in full uniform, a district nurse come up. We've had bus drivers. We've had police officers. You know, we've had people from every facet of society who are now accessing food banks, food pantries, because what they're actually getting paid doesn't... Uh, uh, it doesn't cover their their costs. This yeah. is not like going on holidays and, you know, you're there or this, this and that. This is basically, you know, keeping your head above water. So I think where we are now in the society means that we need to think really long and hard about the inequality, the inequality that we face, the inequality where we are and how unfair that is and how it's going to really, really damage the basic tenets of our society. Because I see it day in, day out. And obviously what I try and do is we talk about fight to food, we talk about putting things within legislation to try and balance, uh, rebalance society. But now there's a moment in time now that needs to happen. Yeah. Ian, I, I, I'm not, I'm, well, I suppose I'm shamelessly plugging my book that comes out next month about social injustice. But do, do you think that people... You know, so you, you're 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 a well-known uh, left-wing uh, member of parliament. Would you go too far as saying that the people on the right of politics just don't care, or do they choose to turn a blind eye? When um, when I was in the news report with uh, Pastor Mick Fleming, you know, I got a lot of letters and phone calls, particularly from people in what I would call the Westminster bubble, and uh, particularly women who rang me up and just said. Uh, I didn't realise it was like that. You know, it was almost like they were oblivious to it. They just weren't aware of the issues. Just what, what's your thoughts, Ian? I, I, I struggle to say it's a left and right it, it, issue, really. It's, it's, it's where we are as a country. It's where we want to go as a country. And, you know, when you've got more food banks than McDonald's, it shouldn't matter if you're on the left or the right. 
fundamentally should say that's wrong. That is wrong. That is wrong. When you've got four million children going hungry and not able to attain their potential, that's wrong from a moral perspective. But also, if you want to look at it from an investment perspective, these are our future. And if we've got children going to school hungry and not reaching their full potential, well, then they won't reach their full potential in generations to come. So if you want to look at it from another ideology, and I, I, I say this on many, many occasions when I speak to Tory MPs about the right to food, I say, if you want to flip it in a different way, you do that, what you're comfortable with. But for me, no, it's where we are morally as a country. What, you know, when you've got what, the stats, what I'm outlining there, you know, one in three of my great city are in food poverty now. That's wrong. That's not a left or right issue, Alex. That's wrong. Mm. You know, and there's got to be, you know, a rebalancing. Uh, obviously, I've got my views on how I'd rebalance uh, society as a socialist. Uh, that might come into conflict with other views where they may feel as though this is how you rebalance society. But I think we've all got to agree at the moment, something's broken. Something's fundamentally broken in society. And how do we fix that? And I'd sit down with anybody in a room and, and, and discuss that. And I'm quite happy and comfortable in my own skin to make them uh, arguments. You know, many a time I've gone in to see government ministers about the right to food and I've sat down and I've said to them, I'm not here on a sectarian mission. I'm not here, you know, with that sort of red versus blue. I'm here as a humanitarian. And I'm telling you what's happening in my communities and communities across this country. I'm asking you to act. You've got the lease of power. You're in government at the moment. So I'll work alongside you. If you want to implement the right to food, I'll do that all day long with you. Mm. But this, for me, isn't a left or right issue. It's where we are as a country to begin with. Where are we? Well, it's unjust. No, there's, un there's too much uh, <clears throat> inequality. And then, obviously, the answers, that's where you start having the debates and arguments. But you, first of all, you've got to fundamentally accept the fact that that's how it is. Yeah. And, and taking that that argument to the to the nation, Ian, is, you know, I, I try and be non-political on the Godcast, but it, but it, I think it does pose a, a challenge for the Labour Party, doesn't it? Because they've kind of, they almost went there with Corbyn and it was rejected. Um, you know, I spoke to John McDonnell on the Godcast about this and, you know, his, his take on, on the fallout of that was a bit of a, that it was all a bit of a disaster in the end, but <clears throat> it's kind of, do you take the argument to them on a full kind of Marxist ideology, or do you take them onto a on onto a, an ideology on the left, or, or do you just take try and take as it feels to me like Keir Starmer might be doing is just on an ideology of just being in opposition to um, the government without any real kind of uh, policies that you can really think I get that I'm not you know I have to be honest I'm not sure what the policies are yet at the Labour Party and. I suppose I'm being quite controversial here, but I'd be interested to know what you think about that. Well, I think, think for me, you know, if you get into government, then we've got to utilise that power, haven't we? Uh, and we've got to change people's lives. That's the whole point, surely, of being in government. It's not to maintain the status quo, and the status quo quite clearly is not working. Uh, so we've got to look at solutions of how we make lives better. And, you know, I touch on it. One to the in my city are in food poverty. That, that can't remain. No, and that, that will be reflected right across the country where you are in Burnley. It'll be devastating uh, with regards to what's happening and will happen uh, with the price rises, the energy, food price rises. It'll be devastation. So for me as a politician in my role, I wanted to 
put forward ideas which I feel transform society. So we look at universal free school meals. That's something which is part of my Right to Food campaign. It's something which I absolutely passionate believe in. You know, we look at other countries that have got universal free school meals where the children sit down and break bed like Portugal. So they sit down socially, all the same, no stigma. Everybody gets a free school meal. They know that they're going to be fed and watered so they can attain the, uh, you know, the, the maximise their education uh, and their potential. That's something for me which is transformational. And I've made that point to the front bench. And I think I'll keep making that point to the front bench, you know, when we uh, eventually draw up the manifesto, that we need things which are absolutely game changing. And for me, that's game changing. You know, we can talk about obviously public ownership of energy, public ownership of water, you know, them questions are getting asked now. And they're extremely popular with voters from right across the political spectrum and they're going to get more and more popular as people see sewage pumped into the seas, the poisoning of our waters, energy prices rising at a, a rate which is, you know, which are going to drive millions into poverty. So there's lots and lots of questions at the moment politically, but I think if we seize the moment, we've got an opportunity to transform the future of this country and that's what I'm in this game to do. Yeah. I'm not in this game to sit on a fence. No. Uh, and just, uh, you know, toddle along in Westminster and be thankful that I'm an MP. What's the point? All right, then, Ian, I'm going to challenge on this one because you, you said earlier, you know, you, you were a humanitarian and, and I've got no doubt that you are, but and you touched on some of the national things, but you're in Liverpool, I'm in Burnley, and I, and I see every day, Ian, parts of my uh, parish that are um, where drug dealing, alcohol abuse, uh, domestic violence, gambling is is completely normalized you know i see um families where it's not just a one person in the family it's the the family and it's a family from a generation of of previous people that have had the same problems i haven't yet come up with an, an answer to that a solution to that question about how we solve that but i think what what you talked about there about about free school meals is completely revolutionary but we need that revolution within our communities, don't we? With our our citizens that have seemed to have lost. Now I worry that it's not just a poverty of of wealth; it's a poverty of of aspiration, of, of poverty of well being and role models. And um, really, I'm really passionate about that, Ian, and and you with a, a little bit more expertise in politics than myself. I'm just wondering if you share a thought or two on that as well. I think that's a very good question, and you know, it comes down to hope for me. You know, you've you, you got to be painting a, a vision, haven't you, where everybody in society has got an opportunity. Everybody can do something good. You know, we can touch on many different things, Alex. You know, maybe a universal basic income would give somebody the potential to do something which they wouldn't be able to do normally and can do something in society which is transformational in their own way. I work with many, many different people who do small things which then become massive and then transform societies, volunteers. You know, I think, again, it goes back to my basic tenet, what I said before, you know, what do we want from society? What do we want to see? What communities do we want to live in? How do we want to, you know, benefit, use your position to benefit, whatever your position is, whatever your position is, to benefit society. You know, when I was a cab driver, I used to love uh, taking people from across the world, around Liverpool, you know, showing them uh, the places, talking about what it means to be a Liverpoolian, pushing that sort of you know, elements of what we're, we're about. 
you know, and that was just in a in a small way. You think you're making a little difference because you're obviously promoting the image of uh, of of the. Is he here yet? Sorry. 